Welcome to episode 117 of the Daniel Yoris Podcast, how to get shredded for summer. Let's go. Welcome to another episode. Thanks for joining me here. Just me today, solo episode. I've got a lot to say today. This is an episode that I've been wanting to make for a bit. I went back and forth on whether or not I should make it and how to go about recording it and what I should say and what I should include and, and all this stuff. But here we are. We're doing it. Um, it's been a bit since I did a solo episode. So I'm going to give a very quick update. I promise this will be so fast. I'm pretty sure I've got the lighting thing set up now. It's more or less consistent. I've uh, just got to get a better way of getting the camera. I'm wearing my Sixth Sense Studios. Shout out to Matt Busson t-shirt today. Um, but I can't even set up my camera in a way that you can actually see that. So I've got to pull it up and you know whatnot. But solo episodes going well. Camera setup is going good. Everything has been going good. The podcast has been on a huge roll lately. I'm sure if you don't follow me on social media, please uh, go ahead and follow me there. Um, I've uh, been working with a, an editor to to help out with the with the clips, which has been great. The clips are cool. I kind of like hate the style of them, but like they work for social media. So like, I don't know who am I to say what's, what's good and and what isn't it's working. Uh, podcasts is growing podcasts on a roll. Lots of great guests have been on recently and, uh, I've already got lots of great guests lined up for the next, uh, coming weeks and, and even months. So things are rolling. Uh, you know, just happy to, happy to keep going and, and happy that I'm still doing this 100 and whatever, 17, 18 episodes in now. Um, and things are, things are rolling. So we just keep going from now until forever. Today, I can hear some some whispers in the background already. How to get shredded for summer, six weeks to, to shredded, something like that. That's probably what I'll title the episode, something like that. Finally, DY is going to give us the goods, none of this consistency and hard work nonsense. Just, just, just give me the shortcut. Like it's it's May, today's May 11th. Just give me the shortcut. June June 1st is, is coming, July 1st or 4th of July is coming. Like I got to get in shape and I've been fucking off all year got to get it done. How are we going to do it, DY? I know you have the secrets. Well, we're going to talk about it today. And and here's here's the thing. Obviously, there's no secrets, okay? I was trying to build that up and, you know, play it down, but it didn't come out so good, but whatever. <laughs> there's no secrets. However, there are ways to make things happen faster. Now, they come with trade-offs, of course, and that's a lot of what I'm going to talk about today. There are, there are a lot of trade-offs to these things, but it doesn't make it impossible. I don't think it's ideal. It's honestly not something that I would recommend, but it's not impossible. And the reason why, although that I say that I don't recommend doing this, the reason why I struggled with recording this episode and and why I'm going to you know, qualify myself so many times throughout the episode is because I'm aware that people are going to do this. You may be one of those people who are going to do this thing where you're going to kind of crash diet for summertime, for a, a wedding, for a vacation. This goes for any time of the year. It's not just for summer, but we typically see it in summertime. But I'm aware that you're going to do this. And despite me and and many, many others saying that you shouldn't do this and you know your summer body starts last year and all this stuff, despite all of that messaging and all that good messaging, you're still going to do it. So if you're going to do it, let's do it right. And that's and that's the approach that I'm taking to this entire episode. So once again, and I'll probably repeat this several times, I'm not recommending this, but if you're going to do it, here's how to do it right. Just because it's going to be faster 
it doesn't make it easier. If anything, it's actually going to be way harder. Realistically, the way this works is it's all the same stuff. You're just going to do it with a greater degree of intensity and conceivably you'd be able to do it with that intensity because you're only going to do it for a short period of time. Now, you might be able to, I hope you'd be able to follow through with something for a short period of time, four weeks, six weeks, maybe eight weeks, but pushing beyond six weeks is, is, is really pushing it. But the strategies and the stuff that we're going to talk about is not stuff that you should use beyond six weeks, certainly not like your strategy for the next six months kind of thing. So, you know, you can do it for a short period of time, but it's not going to be your long-term plan. And, and, and that is something that you need to frame in your mind, that what you're going to do if you're going to do this is not the forever thing. Now, one of the big reasons that these crash diets get to some degree more of a bad rap than they deserve is because people say they don't work. You do your crash diet and then you bounce back to the way you were before and maybe even worse. People say that diets don't work. Well, on one hand, the diet worked. If you followed it for six weeks, excuse me, you followed it for six weeks, you followed it really strictly, you hit your goal, the diet worked. Now, the other side of it saying that the diet didn't work is that, well, you followed it for six weeks, you hit whatever your goal was, and then an additional six weeks, you're right back where you started or maybe even worse off. And then you might say, well, the diet didn't work because obviously, you know, you still got to go back to it or you're worse off than you were at the beginning. And like both of these are correct. Neither of them is wrong. What I'm a big proponent of and what I'm going to finish with in this episode is discussing the diet after the diet or the plan after the plan, right? We're going to talk about a lot of things that are taking things, you know, towards the extreme end of stuff of, of discipline and, and the actions that you're taking. The way that we make this stick is by having a plan for after. Okay, we're going to do this like six weeks to get shredded, like all in, all hands on deck, like we're pulling out all the stops or doing that. But then what do we do after? You can't just keep doing this for extended periods of time. It's not healthy and not good. But what do you do? You don't just stop. So when we don't have a plan, that's when we just revert back to old habits. And that's where bad stuff happens, where you just gain back all the weight and then some metabolism issues, hormonal issues, and whatever, all these things, and all of the diets don't work stuff comes in. So we're going to discuss the plan, and then we're going to also talk about the plan after the plan. And that's how you make it stick. So here's how to do it. Let's let's get into it, because there's there's a lot of things to say here, and I and I I know I say this every time, but I really don't want this to be longer than, than it has to be. I'm going to give you the full version. You take whatever you want from here. Understand that every every single thing, so there, there's a, you know, what are a few areas of, of discussion that we're going to talk about. You take whatever you want. You do as much of it as you want as you can do. But understand that you're trying to do something drastic. Every one of the things that I say that you that you think ah, that's a little bit much. I'm not going to do it. That's fine. But you are sacrificing your progress in the end. So if you want to be all in for six weeks, then be all in. And so just understand, none of what I'm about to say is absolutely necessary. And if there's something that you think that you really can't do, that's okay. Don't do it or do it to a lesser degree or whatever. But your progress, your results will be less than if you just did everything (laughs) as much as possible. So understand that. First and foremost is the diet. This is going to be the absolute biggest needle mover, uh, both on the scale and visually and all of the things in this 
six-week stint that you're going to take. This is going to happen in two stages over the six weeks. The first stage stage is going to be the first two weeks. You're going to cut all of the carbohydrates out of your diet except for fruit. All carbohydrates except for fruit. And I hear, you know, some of my friends and friends in the industry and people who know what, you know, know what they're talking about. DUI carbs aren't bad. It's just about a calorie deficit. This isn't healthy to cut out carbs, blah, blah, blah. Save it. I don't need to hear it. I know. This is only for two weeks. You're cutting out all the carbs. The reason you're going to do this is because you're going to see a dramatic downward change in the scale in two weeks. Some people might even lose upwards of 10 pounds on the scale in two weeks. doesn't mean that it was all fat. It certainly was not all fat. A lot of it is water, probably more than half of it. And that's okay. What this is doing is a couple of things. One, heading that big early scale win, if you will, is going to build a lot of positive momentum. We're trying to create buy-in here. If you start the plan and it's not working fast enough and you're trying to do something drastic, you're going to jump ship because this is going to be hard and it's going to suck. So, if you get that early win, it can build some confidence and some momentum to be like, all right, this is working. Like I see it going in your in your progress on the scale. Anyways, will taper off after that, but that's okay because you're just building that uh, th- th- that momentum. So that's that's one. We need your motivation to be high, and so having a big early win is really going to help. Now, another part of this, I don't know how many things I listed. I'm going to have a million listed in this episode. Many many people are so highly dependent on carbohydrates and carbohydrate, mainly carbohydrate-rich foods, that it is absolutely mind-blowing to me. The chips, the cookies, most snacks, crackers, bread, toast in the morning, bagels, all this stuff. And another criticism of this, before you criticize me, it's people say that it's not just the carbs, it's the it's the carbs plus the fats. Like Chips have a lot of carbs, but they also have a lot of fat. A donut has a lot of carbs, but also has a lot of fat. I fucking, I know. But... But it's the carbohydrate dependency of, of wanting that starchy food. No one is really thinking in their head that they're looking for a fatty snack. They're looking for a starchy something. And so removing both of those things is a good, but we'll just call it what it is. If I tell you to remove all the fatty snacks that you have, you don't know what that means. People know what removing the carbohydrates are. It's all the breads, it's all the pastas, it's all the rice, it's all the crackers, the cookies, the chips, basically your entire snack drawer, all that stuff. And that's what you're going to do. So this is going to help reset. It's going to help reset you psychologically to remove the dependence on these like snack foods and these like filler things that are not giving you as much nutritional value as you think they are. Doesn't mean it's for forever. Like I said, it's two weeks and we're not even cutting out all of it. I still want you to include fruits and and certainly include vegetables, but I still want you to include your fruits so you're still getting your carbohydrates there. But all the other carbohydrates, all the starches, all the legumes, all that stuff, cut it out two weeks. If you can't even do that for two weeks, then you have no hope in in doing this whole drastic thing anyways. So this is also a good like little mental fortitude test for you. Now, after the two weeks, you're going to reintroduce carbohydrates. You're going to reintroduce them slowly and only have carbohydrates at dinner time. To, to back things up, some of the things that happen when you take out carbohydrates for two weeks, there's a thing called the keto flu. And what it is, is just your body adjusting to the lack of carbohydrates. And if you're keeping the fruits in, like you may not even experience this, honestly, but you might have like, uh, you might just feel tired. You might, your sleep might be affected. You might, um, 
they might have some headaches, uh, things like this. Usually it passes after like two or three days. So just expect that. Um, but, but honestly, if you're keeping the fruits in, then you probably won't really, really get there. But if it happens, like you're fine, it's just, it's just your body just adjusting to this and it's going to, again, it's only two weeks and then you're back. So step two, after two weeks, you bring the carbs back in, you have carbs only at dinner time. Now still keep this to the minimum. You still want your overall calories to be low. And we're going to talk about that in a second, but having the carbohydrates at night, is going to help with your sleep and recovery, which is the things that are going to be really important. And the things that are going to be suffering, like it's the trade-off of taking out the carbs is you're reducing your ability to, it can impact your sleep and you reduce your ability to recover. So that's why we're not doing it for forever. We're just doing it for a very short amount of time. Now you want to keep your carbohydrates clean. Obviously, uh, obviously I'm going to say this again, like later on, but like, there's no junk food in this. So, so if you thought there was like junk food in this, like there's no junk food. It, you ha- reintroducing carbs doesn't mean have a fucking pizza for dinner. It means like have a little bit of rice, have some potatoes, like these kind of things. And, and that's what you're going to have at, at dinner time because nighttime, sleep, recovery, blah, blah. Now, the way you're going to do the, your food from here on out is your calories are going to, you're going to use your goal body weight. So whatever weight you, you want to get to, if you want to lose 15 pounds in this time or whatever, take whatever you weigh now, or, or sorry, take the weight that you want to hit and then multiply that by 12. That's going to be your calorie goal for this time. You can even take it a little bit lower if you want to be extreme, but I wouldn't go too much lower, maybe by like an 11 or at the absolute most, like a, or at least I guess <laughs> a times 10 multiplier. That's going to be your total calorie limit. Your protein is going to sit at one gram per pound, which is like pretty standard. That should be the case all the time anyways, but you got to be really on top of your protein here. Now, this absolutely does not mean eat whatever you want so long as you're within your calories, right? This is a six-week intense thing. Doesn't mean you can have your pizza, like I just said, and as long as it fits your macros, you're still doing good. Would that work? Maybe. It, it, It might, but it's way harder to do. It's making it significantly more challenging and adding absolutely no benefit. So it's like the worst trade-off you could make for this scenario. So there's no junk food. It's you, you, you stay to your calories as, and you're still eating whole foods. I would still suggest keeping your carbs low, like 150 grams or, or lower or less. Um, and, and only having them at dinner time or for sure, like late in the day, at least like not first thing in the morning. I think this is also just a good general rule of thumb. It's how I conduct myself. It's how I advise most, not all clients, but most clients, um, and people tend to tend to feel good eating this way. But save your carbs for later in the day. The other advantage of this, just logistically, is that you get to have a larger portion of it. If you spread out your 150 or even 175, even 200 grams of carbs over three or four meals in the day, it's really not that much every time. Whereas if you save up 150 grams of uh, of carbs for dinner, it's like a decent sized portion and you don't feel as deprived, um, in that exact meal. So you feel like you get your fix at the end of the day. Um, that's that. Here's another thing w- with the diet. There's no snacking after dinner, like after dinner, you're done eating, eat your meals. When you eat your meals, don't worry about having snacks. You don't need to chew on something at night while you're watching TV. Like you're, you're an adult, act like it. You don't need to snack overall. And honestly, you shouldn't really be snacking all that much on this thing. Have your meals when you have your meals and don't feel the need to fill your day with snacks. You're going to be hungry like, and that's okay. This is a little bit of like a, of a slippery slope 
where we start to get into developing eating disorder territory. And this is a large part of the reason why I really hesitated to, to make this episode, but I think it's important to, to highlight this is that when you're doing something drastic, like, like this in a weight loss, like it's, it's normal to be hungry when you're losing weight. That, that is totally normal. But to the point of like starving yourself on purpose is not normal. And, and some people can, you know, take this certainly the wrong way and, and way too far. So like, please, please like have someone who's with you and we're going to talk about like accountability and all that stuff. But be paying attention to, to your the signs and signals that your own body's giving you that your own brain is giving you and and like please take care of yourself reach out to me or, or you know whoever um if you need help with these things but like just just be careful with the whole like oh i'm supposed to be hungry thing like yes you are but like you're not supposed to be starving yourself right and that's and that's where the the end piece of this like making it last for the long term uh really comes in but again you chose this you put yourself here it's the reality of the situation and uh we can't we can't lie about what's what's really gonna happen your diet is going to be made up of entirely healthy whole foods. No or minimal meals out, as as minimized as possible. Some of you for work and you know some stuff like you can't avoid it, fine. But still eat whole foods. Like don't just have like a a burger and pizza when you go out. Like have the chicken salad, have the you know the steak and and vegetables, whatever it is. That those are the things that you're going to be choosing. Um, what else? On diet, I think that's pretty much okay. So I guess adding on to this, here's another kind of like FAQ kind of things that I thought about. There's no cheat meals here. Again, this is six weeks. You chose this, suck it up, make it happen. Six weeks, no cheat meals, absolutely zero. What about alcohol? No alcohol either. Like again, you chose this, no alcohol. If you can't go six weeks without alcohol, I don't know what to tell you. Just don't do it. No alcohol is is being followed in this, but also this is your life. Do whatever you want. And just, uh, your results will be reflective of the amount of effort that you put in. No fast food, all that stuff. Um, you're cutting out all the garbage basically is what I'm, is what I'm trying to get here. Whatever you think in your life that you consume like nutrition wise and whatever that is like unhealthy food, junk food, it's all gone. And, and by extension of that, if somehow you still smoke cigarettes, this would be a great time to quit. You're making a big drastic change in your life. Might as well make that change too. Cold turkey, cut them out. Yes, it's hard. I know this whole fucking thing is hard, but now would be a great time to start doing that. I, many people have done it. I know many people have done it. Many clients. It's possible. It's difficult, but it's possible. So maybe this is a good time uh, for you to do as well. Now, to reiterate, your diet is the biggest needle mover of this whole thing. So really pay attention to this part go back and like, you know, rewind and listen through this. I know that we're like already almost 15 plus minutes in here. And like, I've only talked about one thing, but like, that's because it's going to be the biggest needle mover here. Let's go back and listen to it, uh, revisit and make sure that this is dialed in. Absolutely. Next is going to be your training. So I'll separate training into two parts, like your lifting in the gym and then your cardio. Um, the lifts, the specifics of your training, your lifting is going, is like, highly variable dependent on on you so one it's like your availability to train two what equipment you have available whether you're at home whether you're uh, in a gym whether whatever um 
your proficiency as a lifter, your lifting, if you're just starting to lift right now, or if you've been lifting for 15 years, obviously your program is going to look like a little bit different. Exercise selection might be different. And just like your body shape and style and maybe any injuries would, would dictate the differences in, in training, uh, specificities, specifics. So what I'm not going to do is give you like specific exercises in a whole like program here, because I, that first of all, I don't like I'm speaking, this is a podcast. So I'm not, i try and make it sound like I'm speaking just to me and you and like we're just hanging out but like I, I'm speaking to a lot of people so I can't possibly give you specific directions without knowing the specifics of what you so I'm going to give you kind of the outline and like just as like a bit of an aside this is one of those things that like this is why I haven't put out a, a product that's like a pre-made workout um, for for you guys to buy and and because there's always going to be circumstances where there's certain exercises like you can or can't do for, for you. And then it's going to end up like a, I would just, you know, put out the program and say, however many people buy it. And, you know, this person, uh, you know, they don't like, like, here's, here's like a good example. If I put in like back squats in the program, well, some of the, some of the people in the thing are going to be like, Oh, my doctor said, if I do back squats, my spine is going to fucking explode or whatever people say about squats or this person they, they the, their gym doesn't have a squat rack and the other person um they don't like waiting for the squat rack at the gym and this person squats hurt them and this person they like front squats and this person like everyone's got a got a thing about it and so therefore i'm gonna make you know a substitution individual to all those people and then therefore i'm just coaching everybody one-on-one from a pre-made program which doesn't make sense for anybody so I don't know. You're gonna to have to do some like figuring out for yourself, and 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 you know, if that was the case, and that's one of the reasons why I haven't put out one of those programs. But like, I would I would like to like eventually, but it's not really a a thing. But if you have any have any tips or desire for something like that from me, uh, please please let me know. So, anyways, uh, back to the the point here is you're going to have to do some figuring on your own here. I'll give you kind of like the outline, um, but please feel free to reach out to me directly. And I will coach you through the specifics of what would be best applicable to you as an individual. Three to four lifts per week is going to be your thing. You don't, I know that actually doesn't sound that extreme, but you're going to have three days of cardio, which we're going to talk about in a second. There's not a whole lot of benefit for most people for lifting more than four times a week. And also consider that because of, your dietary changes that you're going to make during this, your ability to recover and stuff is going to be impeded and training more is actually just going to end up leading to a higher incidence of injury and and stuff like that. And that's really not (laughs) what we want at all. So we're going to limit it to three or four workouts per week. You pick uh, whatever is kind of like most conducive to your schedule um, because you got to be able to get this in, right? Now, if you're doing three days a week, I would go, so just to back that up one second, the the specifics of these things still don't all matter that much. The primary focus of this little six-week whole stint is not building the most amount of muscle or uh, or, or getting super strong. Like you're, you're not going to do that. The, the point of this is really to get lean. And so your strength training, the point of your strength training is to support your body's metabolism to lose weight. And what that means is like maintaining muscle and like some energy systems kind of stuff. Uh, but you're really just trying to like not lose muscle and maintain what we've got and still, just, you know, feel strong and, and feel good and biomechanically and all that stuff. So like, you're not going to be hitting PRs most likely during this. And your, your goal is not to like 
get bigger. Like you're, you're not going to get bigger. In fact, when you lean out, you might look a little bit bigger, but it's not, you know, actually get bigger. You just look leaner because there's less fat there, but that's just a visual thing. So your three day a week program, I would do one of two splits, one, three full body workouts per week, or day one, upper body, day two, lower body, and day three, full body mix those up however you want, but like an upper, lower, full body split. If you're going to go four days per week, um, I would go upper, lower, upper, lower, or my, my favorite way to do this would be to do four days. Um, day one, it doesn't, the, the order of it doesn't really matter, but like day one would be an upper push combined with a lower pull. So your, you know, your chest and shoulder stuff, and then your glutes and hamstrings. Uh, and then day two would be a upper pull. So like all your back stuff and combined with an lower body push. So your, your squats and your quads and those things. And then, and then repeat those uh, twice, like change up the exercise and stuff, but then repeat those. So upper, lower, or sorry, upper push, lower pull, and then upper pull, lower push. Those are your two, your two days. Um, again, the reason that I, the, the, the exact split doesn't matter whole, all that much. Make sure you're hitting each muscle group at least twice in the week. Focus mainly on the compound lifts, throw in some isolation movements if you want at the end, but like only one or two exercises per workout. Remember you're not really going to be building muscle. So like, you're not going to get huge biceps, no matter how many curls you do during this thing, unless you're like a total beginner. Um, but, uh, yeah, you're going to be working in the higher rep ranges. So like 10 to 15 reps per set. Now, if you're like a more advanced lifter, you know that that fucking sucks, but (laughs) you signed up for this. We got to teach your body how to use fuel and become more efficient. And so we need to be in that higher rep zone and you can even you know push things above 15 uh 15 reps per set and you're going to have relatively low uh rest times as well like 60 to 90 seconds should be kind of the max three to four sets per exercise um i would use supersets to the best of your ability i know that certain um commercial gyms it's quite difficult to do supersets because of just like availability of equipment and whatnot whatnot but Again, this is where having a good coach comes in handy, but like with your supersets, try and be smart about not don't use two machines because it gets really hard in a gym to save two machines, especially if you're using a timer and whatnot. But like you could do an exercise that like is a machine based exercise and then a dumbbell exercise, let's say that doesn't require a bench so that let's say you're going to do like, um, uh, like a hamstring curl. So you need the hamstring curl machine, seated hamstring curl, and then you're going to do a standing shoulder press. That's your superset. You don't need a bench or anything for the for the shoulder press. So you can just bring your dumbbells over to where this the hamstring curl machine is. You do your set on the hamstring curl machine, you get up, you do your shoulder press, and you're standing right in front of it. That's This way you're not walking laps back and forth across the gym. You're you're keeping the equipment that you need, being able to stick uh, onto your, your rest times and whatnot. Um, but this would be exponentially more difficult if if you're doing like a a seated shoulder press even on a on a bench where you've got to walk back over to the dumbbell area then by the time you get back to the hamstring curl someone else is using it and like it's a whole fiasco so be smart about your supersets but this is where it it really comes in handy to to use them Um, this is also why i'm a big fan of like the upper push lower pull thing because each exercise doesn't really inhibit the other like chest press doesn't inhibit my, my ability to squat really for talking about like these higher reps, right? It's not, it's not tiring you out or draining you. So you can use those like, and then same thing in like a full body workout where you're using opposing, not even opposing muscle groups, just like totally unrelated muscle groups for the most part, we can have a whole, you know, five hours biomechanical debate about that, but 
relatively unrelated um, muscle groups to, to keep your work rate high so that you're sort of like resting while you're doing the other exercise, right? Like your hamstrings are not really all that active in a standing dumbbell shoulder press. Uh, they're not, your, your shoulders pressing is not affecting your hamstrings ability to recover. That way you keep your rest period short and then your hamstrings are ready to go for the next set. So that's just a little quick tip on supersets, which I would highly recommend using. But if you can't, because your gym, you know, whatever, um, then don't and, and just, and just keep the same, same sets, you know, three to four, maybe even five, uh, sets, but you probably don't need that many sets, probably not more than four and like higher rep ranges for sure. Still working with progressive overload. Like if you're not using progressive overload, you're just like not doing anything. So like always be trying to like increase weight or reps or decrease rest or just overall, um, increase performance, um, week to week. That's, that's what progressive overload means. The supersets, the other thing that they, that the big advantage of them is they help save time in the gym. So with your workouts, you should be like in and out of the gym within an hour. You you don't need to be in there longer than that. Um, and in fact, you, you probably shouldn't be in there longer than that. It means you're either resting uh, too long or doing too much in your workout. Because remember, ability to recover is going to be uh, hindered. So we don't want to be doing, we don't want to be overdoing it because that's how we get injured and that's how we cause more problems than we are solving. In and out within an hour. And that includes like your warm up and like a, if you want to do a little cool down or whatever, like definitely don't skip your warm up. Like, Never, but definitely don't do it now. Um, so definitely in and out within an hour, but you're able to to save some time on those things if you're if you're using the supersets. Cardio, you're going to have three days of cardio, one hour per session. Oh, that sounds like a lot. Yeah, I fucking know. This is a strict thing. Oh, that's what <laughs> I know. Slow and steady, zone two cardio, bike, walk, elliptical, stairmaster doesn't matter. Literally, whatever you want, I don't care. They're all the same point of it is cardio, not training your legs or something like that. It's training your heart and your aerobic system. Zone two cardio. What that means is cardio zones are defined by like um, percentage of your heart rate max. And you don't need to be a mathematician to figure this out, but there are five zones. Uh, zone two is the second lowest. Zone one would just be like, you know, just sitting down, just chilling. Zone two would be like slightly above that. Zone five would be like your absolute like all out sprint. Zone two can be defined practically as your an intensity where you're still like working, but you're still able to maintain a conversation. So I would still be able to be like walking on a treadmill or, or pedaling on a stationary bike or, or outside on a bike and still be able to talk, talk normally, speak normally. But the second I have to breathe in between words and talk like this, well, now you've gone past the point of zone two intensity and, and you've, you've superseded that. So don't get there. You want to, and I know that that sounds like actually less intense and it is, but the point of it is that this is like the biggest engine builder, the biggest aerobic base builder, and it's going to actually utilize more energy. And, and I'm using some buzzwords and I know that, but it's going to mobilize more energy, um, to be used and, and really help you with your recovery and your ability to lose fat quickly with this. There's an argument to be made about like the high intensity, the sprints and all that stuff. And like, yes, that is, that is, true, but I don't think that in this short of a stint, unless you're already super well trained and, and well adapted to this, in which case, if you were, you, you probably wouldn't be in this scenario for just being honest, then you've got to, you got to build up to, to those sprints. It's like the equivalent can be, if you haven't been working out, you're not going to go in the gym and hit one RM squats. You're not going to hit your max 
weight on a squat or on a bench press. So why would you haven't been doing cardio and you're just going to go out and start sprinting? It doesn't really make logical sense. So you're going to start slow and steady and work on that. Three days, one hour per session. So this is going to be six or seven total workouts per week, including the cardio. Um, really good for recovery. Really easy to do. It will feel easier. It will feel really easy, almost to the point of like you're not doing anything. But trust me, it is making a massive, massive difference. If you are in any way tracking your blood pressure or heart rate, um, you will notice a difference with this. You should notice a difference within six weeks. But if you extend this a little bit longer, you'll you'll definitely notice a difference. So unbelievably healthy, unbelievably effective and beneficial. Zone two cardio, three hours per week, three sessions per week, three one hour sessions per week. Hope you heard that third time. And um and that's and that's your thing for uh, for cardio and for training, right? So the individual stuff on the on the lifting side of things, please send me a message because um uh yeah, it's it's hard to I can't give you individual instruction, but uh higher reps, um and you know, whatever, all the things I said, rewind it and I'm not gonna repeat it again. All right. Sleep. This is um this is gonna be a quick section, and I don't want you to discount the brevity of this section. You like that fucking word, eh? Brevity. I don't want you to discount <laughs> the brevity of this section uh, for its importance. It is massively important, unbelievably important to this whole thing. There's just not a lot to say about it because you just got to do it. Pick a bedtime and a wake-up time. Stick to it. Ideally, you're sleeping at least seven and a half hours to nine hours a night. Your ability to recover, as I've mentioned already a couple of times, is absolutely imperative. So that is that is where sleep plays the biggest role here. So if you're not sleeping well, it's going to fuck up a lot of other things. And it's going to just make this whole thing a lot harder for you. You're going to feel worse. Um, you're going to set yourself up for less success and, and more potential damage um, if you're not sleeping well. So you really got to stick to this. Pick a bedtime and a wake-up time. Stick to that as best as you possibly can every single day, including the weekends. Turn your screens off before the times, before before bedtime, an hour before bedtime. Take your phone out of your room, ideally. You know, sleep in a dark room. Try and stick to your schedule. Uh, try and sleep in a cool room. Try not to be too hot. Um, and all these things, all the good sleep hygiene things. I'm pretty sure I've got a podcast on just sleep um, somewhere, and I don't want to like go so far into that. But like, get your sleep in order, and you need to stick to that schedule. The schedule is going to be the most important thing. Stick to your schedule as much as you possibly can. So again, really short section, but unbelievably important. Lifestyle. I didn't really know what to call this kind of section, but it's whatever, lifestyle. Um, and, and mainly this is around steps. You got to walk outside every single day. Two things, a couple things with this. You got to get your steps in. You got to hit 10,000 steps every day. On this, your six weeks, 10,000 steps, minimum 10,000 steps every day. That is not hard. And if you can't hit 10,000 steps, then you're just not trying hard enough. Honestly, it, that's that's it. If you can't hit it, you're not trying hard enough. Doing as much of this outside as possible is good, especially like if you're doing it now in summer, you know, like the weather is conducive to it. Uh, people complain about, oh, it's cold in the winter. And I certainly fucking complain about it being cold in the winter, but we have winter jackets and boots and these things and you can still do it in the winter, but whatever. It's summertime. You got less excuses. Go outside, do it. There's a huge 
benefit of just being outside, spending time outside, uh, you know, the sunlight, the, the sounds, the greenery. A thing I've been big on lately is like literally just going outside and looking at things that are far away, far into the horizon. There's a whole bunch of research on how our eyes are being kind of like a little bit mangled because we're always looking at screens and stuff that's very close to us. And we don't look at things that are far away and it changes our visual field and like just changes the structure of our actual eyeball and a whole host of things. But like just the, the, the sensory information that your good body's receiving from being outside is massively important. So all of those like esoteric woo-woo fucking DIY walking with his feet in the grass things, like they all matter, so do them. But the more fun part of that is if you can do it outside and it's summertime and you can do it with your shirt off, you start to get a little tan and we all know that looking a little bit more tan helps you look better. This is just one of those things. There's a reason why bodybuilders go through the crazy tanning process before they get on stage because it helps you look better. And the point of all this thing is probably because you want to look better. So if you can be outside and get a little bit of a tan, of course, be careful if your skin complexion is anything close to mine. You can't just be outside for two hours in the middle of the day with no sunscreen and no whatever stuff on because you're just going to get burned to a crisp. So warm up to the sun, you know, wear, wear sunscreen if you must, do, do it in spurts, whatever. We can have a whole conversation about like whether sunscreen is healthy or not. I, I don't really want to get into that. Don't overdo it. Um, you know, warm up to it. Just whatever. Be sun safe, if you will. But, you know, I'm not your mother, so figure it out. But yeah, tan is tan is good. Um, so that's that. Lifestyle, 10,000 steps a day. Get that done. If you're not doing it, you're not even trying hard enough. Um, here's another thing for uh, lifestyle is meditation. Again, DIY walking those feet in the grass. Ooh, it matters. Part of it is like the mindset of this whole endeavor that you're partaking in is very difficult. So, getting clear in your own brain, with your own actions, with your goals, with all of these things is going to help a heck of a lot. It doesn't mean like be a monk on a mountain and sit outside and sing kumbaya. Like, just sit down in your room on the edge of your bed, you know, close your eyes five minutes and just like breathe and think about your thoughts. Like, it doesn't have to be some extreme thing. Like just, just do a little bit and like start to embark on this journey of meditation. It's a great thing to be doing anyways. And I'm not going to, I don't think it's, I don't think it's really, let me back that up. Meditation is a skill. Getting really good at it is a skill. So to say, for me to sit here and say like, you like go meditate for an hour a day. I mean, I think that that's, that's probably a good thing. I, I don't meditate for an hour a day. It's probably a good thing. But if you haven't been meditating to go from zero to an hour a day is like, it's just not productive. So like start where you are and just like meditate a little bit every day. If you've never meditated, start with five minutes a day. There are plenty of free apps and things out there. I can point you to some uh, resources and whatever, send me a message. Um, But like, you don't even need those. You can just literally just sit in silence and think for five minutes and just breathe and just do that. So that's going to be an important piece. Um, Another thing, again, this doesn't really help as far as actually moving the needle, but I believe it to be helpful anecdotally is cold showers or an ice bath. If you have access to that, I don't have an ice bath at home, um, but, just, but I take cold showers, right? When you shower in the morning, you do your thing. And then at the end, you just turn the water all the way to cold. You just sit under it, make sure you're, make sure you're breathing through it. It's going to suck, whatever. But like you're doing hard things, you're doing a lot of hard things. So if you can do that, it's kind of one of these like mental fortitude um, type activities forget the benefits of whether it has anything to do with hypertrophy or recovery or brown fat, like forget all of that. Like it doesn't matter uh, whether it is true or isn't true is like quite irrelevant for our purposes here. Um, 
but just I think it's a good thing to embark on uh, for doing hard things and, and for getting through the, the shit of the day and of these six weeks uh, that is going to be brought on by these six weeks. So 10,000 steps, absolute minimum a day, as much outside as possible. Um, I would aim to even get higher, forgot to mention, I would aim to get higher steps on the days where you're not uh, doing your cardio. The cardio counts to your steps, but like you, your step counter won't count it if you're doing it on a on a bike or something like that. So, don't be too like anal about the actual number of steps, but like get a lot. Ten thousand steps is roughly equivalent to like an hour and a half, or just under an hour and a half of walking. Um, so in the days where you're doing your cardio, like add that as part of it, and that's fine. But like you know, more is better. So. Don't just like stop at 10,000 because I, you know, because you hit it. Like if you feel good and you have the time for it, then, then go. And like on the days where you don't uh, do your cardio, aim for more. Like 15,000 is like uh, achievable. I, I, I just 10,000 is the absolute bare minimum, but like aim for 15 even. Okay. Supplements. Woo. Here we go. Finally, the fucking secret sauce. Supplements. Give us the good stuff. What do we got to inject into my butt to make this happen? Uh, listen, honestly, I'm sure there are some things that would help. I don't know what they are. I'm not your guy for that, but I also just wouldn't recommend going down that that route. It's like, whatever. <laughs> I don't even know why I brought that up. But um, supplements are going to help in this scenario, but they're they're very honestly, this is not even like a my personal opinions. They're just like, it's not even enough time for them to really move the needle on anything. So, so don't, don't get so dependent. Like if there's any section of this whole thing that you want to just like totally skip, this is the one to skip. And that is just the objective truth. But, but like they obviously still help supplements are not, I've always said, you know, supplements are supposed to supplement what you're doing. They're not a, a fix for anything. Um, but they definitely work. They just don't like solve all the problems of the world. So most of these things are actually focused on your ability to recover and, uh, stuff that you like honestly is kind of like normal stuff you more or less should be taking. Um, but, uh, here, here's what I'd recommend. The, the first and most obvious one you, you might be waiting to hear about is like some type of fat burner personally. And this is again, full honesty. I do not know of like a really good quality fat burner that is not like a, an, a, a PED and not, I don't care, but I mean, you should care about the legality of, of these things, but like you don't want to be injecting stuff in your butt for this. Um, of like an off the counter thing. I don't know of like a fat burner that is actually effective. That would even be worth your time. I'm sure they exist. They, they, there are definitely ones that exist. There's a lot of them that exist that are just complete garbage and basically just do nothing. Um, and, and quite honestly, a lot of them do more harm than good. So I'd be very cautious with using a fat burner uh, supplement. Um, but I just do not have a good one to recommend. I've never used one that I, I've tried a couple of them on myself and they literally did absolutely nothing just made me feel like just made me feel bad and did nothing so i don't have a good one to recommend and that's not because i don't like it as a as a principle it's just i literally do not have a good one to recommend to you um the only thing that i might do and and i didn't intend to start with this one but like acetyl l-carnitine is a sub it's a supplement um that i've used in the past that like it's actually one of the ingredients that's in a lot of um fat burner supplements the research on whether acetyl L-carnitine or just L-carnitine has like significant effects on fat loss is like pretty wishy-washy and like leans towards the side of no. But um, in theory, it like kind of helps with your um, it helps with like your energy and like 
to say this simply like your overall metabolism and like ability to again move energy through your body as far as uh, mobilize energy rather um and and it should help in your workouts and just like your your energy to push through workouts almost like a pre-workout style of thing that has been it's been helpful again i don't think it's like that powerful or that big of a deal but like it's a thing that i've used that's like that's been helpful um but i would use it like on its own don't use it like in a in a fat burner supplement that has it like just find a a, an acetyl l-carnitine and and take that that's that um going through the list creatine monohydrate first up this is like basically the best supplement ever <laughs> like you, you should be taking it and almost everyone should be taking it unless you have some very specific contraindication to take it which i like it's very few people um 100 safe no need to cycle it no need to do like the loading phase like the bottle says that's, that's completely unnecessary um you take five grams per day um take it with food it's better i take it with coffee in the morning um, the reason I do that is just to make it regular and so that I don't forget to take it. The timing of the day doesn't really matter when you take it. Just try not to forget to take it. That's why I take it with my coffee in the morning because the coffee's warm. It actually helps it dissolve better because some of the creatines can be like a little grainy and difficult to, to dissolve and then you're kind of chewing it and it just feels weird. Um, so, so that's why I do that just for like consistency and for the ability to not forget to take it kind of thing. So I would suggest that, but you know, do it however you want, uh, just five grams per day kind of thing. That's, that's pretty standard, like across the board, regardless of, of anything. Um, and yeah, creatine monohydrate is what you need. Don't fall for any of the fancy ones. They literally do nothing better and they're just more expensive for no reason. Magnesium is the next one. This is going to help you sleep and recover well, especially when you're cutting, cutting the carbs at first and like sleep might be a little bit, uh, suffering, um, normal and it sucks and shit, but like whatever, it's okay. You'll, you'll get through it. Um, and magnesium is going to help with your ability to recover, your ability to sleep, take it at nighttime after dinner, um, and it'll help you feel better and, and keep pushing through. Um, magnesium bisglycinate is uh, the form that you probably want to be taking. Uh, next up, zinc. Again, not something you're really going to like. You're going to take zinc and just like feel all of a sudden like crazy amazing unless you have like some very, unless you're super deficient in zinc, in which case that's like a different issue. Um, but you're not going to like feel anything with taking this, but just general health and wellness, uh, going to help with your recovery, going to help with your digestion, um, and going to help you just feel better and, and keep pushing, keep pushing through this. Omega threes pretty much should be taking this anyways, might help with some of the inflammation and just flushing your system out as you're, as you're kind of resetting everything. So there's that additional benefit. I'd go a little bit, even like maybe in the higher end of the, of the dosing of omega three, but like really you should be, you should be taking this anyways it's this is not like anything shouldn't be anything earth shattering um caffeine worth mentioning i always forget that like caffeine is a is a supplement if you will um but if you just drink coffee you're getting plenty of caffeine um it's not necessary but like just worth mentioning definitely helps with workouts for sure which helps with your alertness and, and whatnot as well especially when you're dieting down you can kind of get tired and stuff like that so caffeine will help don't overdo it. Don't drink coffee late in the day. Don't take caffeine in pill form. Nothing wrong with the pill form. I personally don't enjoy it because I just like drinking coffee. But you know, if, if you don't like that and you want to take it in like a caffeine pills, do your thing. Um, avoid it late in the afternoon because it's going to mess with your sleep. Um, and and we don't want to. We won't want to do that. Remember, we're trying to salvage our ability to recover and, and keep going. So no caffeine late in the day, but totally fine to use and, and implement here. Um, and then I think last was this last. Yeah. 
Uh, last is just protein powder. Again, not like, you know, hardly a supplement in the sense it's like doing something special. Um, protein powder's biggest advantage is its convenience. Nutrition wise, it's not like better or worse or anything like that than any other form of protein. So, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just convenient. So definitely use it. Uh, whey protein isolate is the best. Um, if you can't tolerate dairy, then opt for like a beef protein or beef collagen protein of sorts and, uh, skip the vegan stuff. And uh, I mean, if you're vegan, you're probably not listening to me anyway. So like, you know, whatever, can't help you. Sorry. Uh, I purposely did not mention any brands and like dosages because again, I don't know how big you are and what you're doing and, and like, and all this stuff. Um, if you have questions, send me a message directly and I'm happy to, to discuss, uh, recommendations on, on dosages and stuff that with you. Um, but I'm not going to just give out blanket recommendations cause that doesn't, when you give general recommendations, like no one fits that general category. So it actually just helps no one. So like, those are the things you can do research on your own. Feel free to message me. I'll talk about it with you. But, uh, but yeah. And, and same for like the brands, obviously brands are different, you know, don't get cheap stuff. That's not good. Um, there's a lot of wishy-washy shit in the supplement industry. So don't get the cheapest stuff. Um, you don't need to break the bank either, but just don't get the cheapest stuff and like, you know, brands and quality and stuff differs country to country and whatnot. So, um, there's that and just be, you know, considerate of your, uh, of your spend here. Like the stuff that I mentioned, if you take all that, that's, that's not an insignificant amount of probably close, maybe a couple hundred bucks of supplements right there. Like it's not an insignificant amount of money and I'm aware of that. And that's why I'm saying like, this is the, (laughs) this is the the section to skip if you're going to skip any section. So, uh. Yeah, um, just, you know, I don't know, do whatever you want with the supplements. <laughs> Mindset. This is the last one. This one's going long, eh? Wow, we're, we're already 50 minutes in. Mindset. This is the least tangible, perhaps, but perhaps the most important part of this whole thing. You have to be super committed. I've touched on this kind of, you know, a little bit throughout this. This is a crash course to fast track things. This is not the easy way. This is the hardest possible way. And the only thing that makes it possible is that you're doing it for a very short period of time. But if you are only halfway in and you're only like half committed, and I don't, by half committed, I don't even mean doing half of the things that I said. I mean, you're doing all the things that I said only like half the time, only sometimes doing it. If you're only halfway in, you're getting all of the negative effects of this thing and none of the positive effects. So if you're going to half-ass it, then just don't do it at all. So be all the way in or be all the way out. That's all I got to say. And you have to have that conversation with yourself. And more importantly, you also have to have this conversation with the people in your life who who are you know live with you and live around you and who care about you and who you care for, because this is going to affect them. You're being so strict with yourself and absolutely no like cheat meals and like and all this stuff like you're being very disciplined and very committed and you're going to change and it's hard for people to change and it's hard for the people that we love to change and, and it's it's just a short period of time but it's still something and it's still affecting them and so if your spouse your girlfriend boyfriend you know friends whoever are like tempting you constantly with with junk food or with you know going out or with staying up late or whatever it is like and and they're making it harder for you. Like that's a conversation you really need to have. That that person needs to be on board, or or you need to set boundaries with those people around these things and what you're going to do, because it's just going to make this thing so much harder. And having that person, those people in your life, 
on board with you and and they don't necessarily have to do it with you, but they just have to be like on your team and supporting you 100%. If they're doing that, then you're going to be way better able and way better equipped to do this because it's very hard. It's very difficult to do this on your own. And so this is where like the, the accountability comes in. Like it could be me as your coach. It could be a friend, again, your spouse, your, your girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever, you, you need that accountability partner, someone, and it could be someone doing it with you, like even in a group online or just like another buddy or something, whatever. It could let anyone, it could be anyone, but like you need some accountability here because it's going to be hard. There's going to be days where you're going to want to quit. There's going to be days where you're going to want to cheat and, you know, go off plan and all that stuff. And you need to have someone else or something else that's like keeping you on task. So find that accountability partner and have a conversation with that accountability partner, but also have the conversation with the people who might not be necessarily your accountability partner, but that your actions and lifestyle are directly affecting or affiliated with their actions and lifestyle complete, like absolutely underrated part of all this. You need to have the people in your life on board with you. And lastly, on the whole mindset thing is like, you chose this. Don't forget that. Nobody is forcing this on you. You neglected your, your physique and your aesthetics and your whatever workouts and nutrition, like the rest of the year. And now you want to crash diet this thing for a few weeks before summer or before wedding or before vacation, whatever time of year you're listening to this, like you chose this. Nobody is forcing this on you. So you have the freedom to do it or to not do it. So if you're going to do it, then fucking do it. And if you're not going to do it, then don't do it. And that's okay too. And you just go the long way and and that's fine and honestly recommend it. But if you're going to do it, just do it. Nobody is forcing this on you. Therefore, you have all the power, all the control. And that is the absolute best thing because that means that you are in control and you can make the changes that you want in your life. So take control. Okay. I need a sip of water and then I think that's it for the actual plan. So there's a lot there. I know that this episode is running a little bit long and I've still got a little bit more to go. Um, You know, this is a podcast and it's not live. So feel free to like, you know, pause and just return to this and, you know, tomorrow or later, whatever your thing. Um, But then we're going to talk about the plan after the plan. I considered making this a second episode, but thought that would be just cruel making you wait. And like, it's the, the rest of it is not that much longer. So the plan after the plan. The plan after the plan is this. You've made a significant amount of progress. You're done. Let's fast forward six weeks. You're done. Time to level this out and make this stick. That's the point of this. Maybe you're not like totally shredded and now your ultimate goal, but you're like a pretty good chunk of the way there and you're like, you're really happy with the progress you've made and the way you're looking, the way your clothes are fitting, the way you feel, all that stuff. Amazing. Congratulations. High five. All that stuff. To some extent, this is where like, it's really easy to do something for a short amount of time. Not really easy, but it's easy to do things for a short amount of time. It's really hard to do things for a really long amount of time. So sometimes the after part is way harder because now we're not in a six-week timeline. We're in like a forever timeline. And that doesn't mean that you have to be like on point and on your game for like for for eternity. Like there's going to be ups and downs. You're going to, you might gain some weight. You might lose more weight. You might get an injury. You might like whatever, crazy shit happens. It's life. But we're in the forever timeline. Fitness and health is of now until forever endeavor. It's not just like for a couple of weeks or for a summer or for a show or for whatever. So we're in the forever timeline. You got to keep that in your mind. Consider that everything that you've been doing up to this point has been a huge shift and it's building a really good base of habits. Like you're eating healthy, you're training good, you're training hard, intelligently, you're sleeping right, you're doing your cardio, you're, you're on point with your supplements, you're, you're, your head is in the game, like mindset, like you're building up these really good habits and you've been really intense about it. Now, 
for the most part, the plan after the plan, all it's going to be is the same thing. You're just going to dial back the intensity. Because all of these things we've been talking about, like if you really paid attention to the things that I said, it's not all that crazy. It's not that intense. I didn't say that you shouldn't eat and like you should only eat like one piece of lettuce a day. Like it's not that because that's just dumb. That That's not effective. Like that's that's the extreme that's not effective. What I said is extreme in intensity more than like in practice of what you're actually doing. And and that's where the the actual effects will come in. There, there are more extreme protocols will not produce better results. So it's it's the intensity of which you attack this thing with. Like no cheat meals, but like 100% all the way in. That's the thing. Now with everything else, the plan after the plan, one is just having a plan, having a workout written, having a diet thought about, having your schedule thought about rather than like, all right, fucking, you know, six weeks is over. Like I can just party now. Like that's not a plan. That's a recipe for disaster. So having a plan is good, but it's basically gonna be the same thing, just dialed everything back. So I'm gonna go through all the steps again, but it'll be like, you know, way shorter. Easing off the intensity. You're gonna go like, you know, 90% intensity, 80-20 rule. I think like maybe 90-10 is like a little bit better because like 20% fucking off is like kind of a lot. Like 90-10 is probably a little better. Diet-wise, uh, your calories are gonna come up if you wanna maintain your weight of whatever you're at or you stay in a deficit, but just like a lesser deficit. So if you're on the more extreme end of that like goal body weight times 10, like bump that up to 12, maybe even 13. And like you're just in a lesser deficit, but still in a deficit if you wanna keep losing weight. Um, you should still always aim to be eating mostly whole foods. This is just like a forever thing, but you know, indulge in a cheat meal or a treat meal, whatever you wanna call them um, from time to time, have some drinks, like, you know, do your thing. But like, again, that 90, 10 rule doesn't mean you're drinking every day, but like enjoy your life and you can include these fun things back in the fact that they're fun and celebratory, whatever is a whole other conversation, but, uh, I'll, I'll spare that one today because we're going, uh, we're going too long. Otherwise I would definitely go into on that one. Um, but you know, just sometimes, right? 90, 10, 10% of the time. Yeah. You have a, have a cheat meal here and there once a week, you have a couple drinks once a week, whatever you're, you're also in summer for having fun. You're probably going to, like, you're going to go to parties, social stuff. Like I get it, all that stuff. The other like tactical thing with diet is like, as your body continues to adjust, like the engine builds and all that stuff, you can continue to bring your carbs up and spread them more throughout the day. So you can go upwards, you know, you, you, as your body becomes more efficient in general, you can get more efficient at using carbs. So like while I was recommending, you know, to keep it like 150 grams or less, you can start bringing that up 200, 300, 400 and, and, and above, like as you continue to lean out and stuff like that. Um, and you spread them throughout the day. Like I said before, personally, I like to keep my carbs later in the day, but that's like more of a me thing. And like a lot of other people as well, but like, you know, to, to each their own, it's not, there's no magic, uh, to that training side of things. Your training is going to progress from this point, like as training normally would in phases of accumulation and intensification. So accumulation being like more of the volume work as you've been doing intensification being more of like the lower reps, heavier weights kind of stuff with the longer rest periods. Um, and now that you're going to be eating a little bit more, like your, your ability to recover will be better. So your training intensity like can, can go up to to a degree, but also like, you know, if you miss a day, it's okay. Right. We're just, we're backing off all intensity. So there can't be like a, I can't really give you any specific training recommendations because this is just like long game. So this is like just training everything in general, but again, you know, message me for, for specifics and, and all that stuff, but like just knock off some of the dedication intensity as far as days. If you're going four days and that was a struggle for you, then go three days. That's, that's cool. It's totally fine. Even two days, totally fine. Um, 
but your training just like progresses as, as normal, lifting heavier weights, and then you go back to the volume and back to the intensity and flip-flop that forever. Cardio, um, all the benefits of zone two that I said, I think you still keep your cardio two days per week, or like two hours total of like that zone two cardio. It's still a really good thing to aim for, just all health things considered. And like, honestly, it's pretty easy if you plan for it. Like one of the benefits of zone two cardio and like as much as I'm a big proponent of doing stuff outside, one of the benefits of the zone two cardio, and I personally do this is like if you're on a treadmill treadmill or on a bike, it's so low intensity that you can be answering emails and like, you know, going through texts or watching a video, a lecture, like you can be doing something that is quote unquote productive, doing some admin work for, for yourself. Um, this way you don't feel like you're wasting time just like kind of slowly walking on the treadmill. So you can kind of like stack your activities that way so that you don't feel like you're wasting it. And and like if, if you do that, if you include that, then like two hours of zone two cardio is like very easy to get in in the weekend. Like that's just, again, it's just easy and just very healthy. Now, in conjunction with your the rest of your strength training program, this is when you can start to like up the intensity of those cardio sessions as well. But this is like a whole other training discussion um, and, and not to get into that because like, again, impossible, but like, this is why you just need to have a training plan. So like, what are your training goals as far as like your gym goals? What lifts do you want to progress in? What things do you want to do in the gym physically, blah, 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 and have that plan ready and written out because when you're done in the six weeks, you need to have that plan ready to go. So you're not like, Oh, well, maybe I'll just skip the gym this week, take a week off because then you just, you, it's very easy to fall off. If you have a plan for after the plan, then you just keep on rolling and it's good. So like have that plan ready to go or, or find it or make it or ask, you know, whoever have that plan ready to go. Uh, sleep, honestly, nothing should change about this. This is just like normal. I mean, I guess like be more lenient if you're going out and partying and whatever, like, yeah, you're going to stay up later those days. But like during the six weeks, I would say like absolutely none of that, like make no exceptions. But after that, like, you know, live your life and yeah, you're going to stay up late some nights. Okay, sure. But like for the most part, like try and keep your sleep as consistent and and clean as in sleep hygiene as possible. Um, that's just a pretty normal thing. Lifestyle wise, again, I, I think you should also keep this the same. Like I really don't think that getting 10,000 steps in a day is all that difficult. Of course, you're going to miss a couple days here and there, you know, weather and just busyness and yeah, you're going to miss a couple days. Okay, fine. Be less strict about it. Again, we're just backing off intensity. So be less strict about it. 10,000 steps a day should be no problem. Um, I think the meditation is something that everyone should be practicing and doing to some extent so find a practice that works for you and continue to 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 do that and to work on it and to include it as part of your regular routine cold showers you know whatever do whatever you want with that i i still like it i wouldn't say i do it every day but most days um but you know i think it's still a good thing so whatever you want with that um and the other lifestyle thing that we talked about previously was like going outside i still think that that is a very good thing and like spend 10 minutes outside minimum every single day look at the trees look at shit that's far away do that. Nothing really changes on that. Again, just like, don't be so strict on yourself about hitting those step counts every single day, but 90% of days you should do it. Supplements. The only thing really here is like, just continue on an as needed basis. If you find that like, it's really pinching your budget a little bit, then back off on some of the things that you feel like you don't need as much. And again, this is like so highly individual that I can't give a blanket recommendation, but a lot of the things I mentioned are stuff that like we should normally include anyways, your magnesium, your zinc, your vitamin D, which I didn't talk about, but like, you know, you should be taking vitamin D, um, your omegas, even creatine, like whatever. But if you're, if you're feeling pinched financially on that, then just like back off on that. And like, again, it's in an as needed basis. So whatever you feel like you need less of, then back off on that. If you feel like you need more of something, then increase that. But 
supplements don't really need to change that much other than financial and very individual considerations. Uh, you probably could drop like the quarantine, but everything else is pretty, pretty basic if you were even taking that. And then the last section was uh, mindset. I mean, the only thing really now is like you're in this for the long game. Like you've noticed that the changes from like the, the, the strict plan to the forever plan are not that different. The only thing is just the intensity. And so your mindset changes just changing the time scale that this is going to happen on. Your focus is now no longer like getting shredded for that event or for summer or for the wedding or what have you. Your focus now is like being healthy. Maybe you're going to have some performance goals. You want to hit some squat numbers, some bench press numbers, you know, whatever performance goals you want. Like, I don't care, whatever it is. Um, and, and whatever other like personal fitness and health goals you have, like that becomes the new thing. It's just less intense and you're just less of a time horizon here because the time horizon is forever. So changing that part of your mind is is really difficult and understanding that there's going to be some bumps in the road there's going to be times where work is too busy and you miss you miss workouts for three weeks in a row and like okay that that sucks but this is a forever thing you didn't fail you didn't fall off as long as like when that event is over you can get back on the horse so the real mindset thing is just and with being the real mindset shift is being prepared for what happens after this very strict plan so you have to have your workout written, have to have your diet figured out pre, like ahead of time, yourself, everything figured out and your lifestyle, having that conversation with those people in your life, people who are supporting you and make sure you thank them for supporting you through this because it's fucking hard for them too. It's not just hard for you because you're dieting. It's hard for everybody. Trust me. I, I've been on the, the giving and, and the receiving end of that. Like it's difficult for everyone. So thank them. Um, but you got to be prepared. That is the absolute number one thing. There's not a whole lot of difference, just the intensity. I don't know how many times I can say that. Probably far too many times, and that's why this episode is running too long. But preparation is key. If you're not prepared, what's that cliche saying? Not being prepared is preparing to fail, something like that. Whatever, that thing. Be prepared, be ready. You have your plan for after the plan. Ready to go, so you stick to it. Hopefully, you are able to keep a lot of the good habits that you've built. And, and you'll sometimes people shy away from this like very extreme dive head first, go all in kind of mindset. And for the most part, I agree with that. And I, and I also advocate against that. But for some people, like we're all different, right? Some people that's, that's the way to do it. They have to go all in. They can't just like, you know, baby foot their way into things. Like they've got to just dive head first, throw everything in the kitchen sink at the problem and, and, and solve it. And that's their way to get in. So sometimes overdoing it up front, building up this win, forcing these habits on you, on yourself can be a really good way to build them from the beginning and a way that can keep you going. So if that sounds like the type of person that that you are, then maybe this is worth a try. If that sounds horrendous to you, then absolutely don't do this. And you probably didn't even listen this far to the episode. So sometimes this is okay, but again, proceed with caution. There, there are potential downsides of this. Like there's a, there's metabolic damage that can be done. There's psychological damage that can be done. Um, and that's not to be understated by any means. So like, you know, be in contact with someone on these things and reach out for help and all the stuff. But like, just understand that like, while this is like kind of shit on sometimes it's like all in attitude. Sometimes it's, it's actually a good thing and everyone's different and you you know, you better than anyone else. So find what's best for you and, and just do that. If all of this sounds like something that you're ready to take on and you want me to coach you individually through this, 
please send me a message. I'm looking to take on a couple clients who are really ready to go all in and and change their life. And I don't say that lightly because if you go through this and you're the type of person who this type of programming is for, this will absolutely change your life. And again, I do not say that lightly. It's not just about losing weight and getting a little bit fitter and, and maybe fitting into an old t-shirt or pair of jeans or whatever. Like that That's cool, but that's not the coolest thing. It's going to change every aspect of your life. And I again, so if you're ready to like, if that's you, if that sounds like you, send me a message. I'm, I'm really ready to work with you. I'm ready to push you to your limits, but not beyond them. We'll push you to your limits and really help you change your own life. So that's you. Send me a message. I'll put the link to my coaching in the uh, description of the show notes of this episode. This is all going to be difficult. Thank you for listening to the, to this episode. I mean, like I really struggled whether or not I should make this one. Um, this whole thing is going to be difficult. It could lead to the greatest transformation of your entire life. So maybe it's worth a shot. Um, you signed up for this. You put yourself in this position. If none of this sounds like anything you want to do, but you're still like looking to like, oh, I want to like be ready for summer, but I don't want to do all this extreme shit that DY is talking about. Well, then you, you got to be get ready for next summer or next event. So start now. Take the slow and steady route. I, I think it's honestly a great, and for most people, it's a better way to do it. Take the slow and steady route. Start preparing for summer 2024 right now. And by next year, you've got 12, 13, 14 months. Until then, you're going you're gonna to knock it out of the park. So that's that coaching link in the uh, description of this video of this of this uh, video on if you're on YouTube or uh, you know podcast uh, show notes description whatever other platform you listen to please do me a favor and rate and review this episode send me your feedback uh, you know publicly really helps a lot just helping the show grow uh, but also like send me your feedback individually DM me on Instagram at Daniel yours best place to reach me um, I'm curious to hear what you have to say ask me any questions you have about this episode for more individual information as well um, and that's it. I appreciate you listening. Thank you so much for being here and for and for being a part of the, this whole podcast. It's really not uh, not lost on me that you choose to spend your time here with me when you could be spending your time in any other number of places. Thank you very much. I appreciate each and every one of you. Go outside. Be a good person. We'll chat soon.